No, but seriously, are his albums like John Rubin, he just raps stuff? Coming to you from deep inside our lofty, heavily fortified bunker, located somewhere in the heart of Middle Earth. The show that doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough answers. Sit back, turn on your brain, and get ready for truth. It's a dirty job, but hey, somebody has to do it. Welcome back to the David Allen Show. Chick-fil-A! <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> How are you? It's November 2, 2019. Yeah, it is. Hey, a, one year from now. I think it's been a month. And Trump's one going to win a re-election. Now. One year from Ooh. Yep. That's a prediction. Yep. Huh. Yep. Kanye, you're not going to listen to him? Uh... No. Do you know all the news about him? Yeah. Lately? Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, within reason. I mean, how could you not? Well, that's an interesting idea. If you aren't in the pop culture, how could you not? Well, I mean, if you go on Fox News online, they have an article several times a week on him. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, they do. Which is, you know... I I mean I I really hope that uh I really hope he doesn't like revert back well, you know I really do cuz the problem is this what there, he said the church constantly really said out loud the american left has suddenly decided to bully the rest of us constantly watch have you ever been beat up in your high school for wearing the wrong hat Nope. I just been beat up because people didn't like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know what you're. I know yeah. what you're saying. The idea is the bullying. Who's the bully in this scenario? Well, definitely liberals bully people who are Trump supporters. It's not just calm. You can't just go and wear the hat. You can't just go. It's like <laughs> you, <laughs> you. Like it's like, bro. Bro. Was that Kanye? That was Kanye on Letterman's uh, Letterman's show. Uh, what my next guest is, is that what it is? Is that his uh, show? What? Oh, really? Isn't that Letterman's new show? My, is oh, it my next was guest that, is? Was that recent? Yeah, that just happened. Just. And he swore? He's probably not a Christian. Well, no, that was earlier in the year. But oh. <laughs> that was before, several months ago. <laughs> before he came out. As a Christian? As a Christian, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> I listened to a couple, because uh, Apple Music is now a thing. It wasn't before? Well, it's, it's anyway, they have, they're throwing money at it, uh, and they're making movies and such. So anyway, they put out a, a almost Apple, two hour long- Apple Music is making movies? Well, uh, app, or Apple is well, making, Apple's making or a division movies. of Apple yes, is right. making movies. TV Plus now, okay. but they've got a bunch of money they're throwing at stuff, but- I listened to or watched an interview with Kanye, uh-huh. almost two hours, where they kind of explored mm-hmm. his whole thing. He's a strange gentleman guy, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to see a black guy, I say that just because that's our, our, our culture, um, assumes that if you have dark skin, then you are a Democrat, a left-loving Democrat. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see him... Push back against that 
narrative. Sure. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of fun to watch just from this side, but... Um, well, Chappelle's been pushing back at some of the crazy identity politics garbage that mm-hmm. goes on. <clears throat> but, you know, he comes out as a Christian now. You know, he's <clears throat> he's putting Jesus as king, which, mm-hmm. I mean, he is known for saying he is God, like okay. Kanye. Like, okay. That's, that was his previous. He's got albums that, and I guess one of his tours... Of course, I never, I've never been to, but I think one of the tours, either the last one he was on or the one before, I don't know, um, he actually, <laughs> on the stage, they had a Jesus character come out, and I don't know if he was getting advice from Kanye or what, but it was really kind of... Blasphemous. Yeah. Huh. Well, now he's flipped. I mean, it, it's total transformation, at least outwardly in mm-hmm. what he says, what he talks about, Uh well, one thing it's that makes interesting. you think that it it might be very authentic is that what does he have to to gain? He has a lot to lose by doing. There's this. a ton to absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, his wife for one thing, because mm-hmm. she's still. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where she's at, but she's not like a paragon of it of virtue herself. <laughs> you know. You mean okay? <clears throat> sure. So, but he's like he's. Uh, calling out uh, the porn industry, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Um, I saw something about that, yeah. It's it's crazy Mm -hmm. just to see. And, you know, of course, the church, well, what is this garbage? We can't have this. This guy, he's a fraud, blah, blah, blah. Why wouldn't we want, I mean, isn't that the goal? To Mm -hmm. get people who are anti-God Mm-hmm. To come to know him and then transform their lives and become pro, mm-hmm. isn't that the goal? I think maybe uh, one of the issues they might be having is that he's very vocal and he has a Jesus. Doesn't he have a new album? Well, this what we were listening to earlier, mm-hmm. Jesus is King album. Mm-hmm. So they're they might be suspicious because of all the. You know, his lifestyle in the past and everything, they might be thinking, well, this is just some kind of scam that he's doing to try to get more viewership or listeners or whatever. Sure. But typically, you don't see someone put away. True. No, I mean, outwardly, I, I, the, the, the typical rapper lifestyle. The, uh, I've also noticed that, that's where I, what I find so fascinating about it. The very conservative uh, Christians are very. Uh, um, not happy with this, and I think I think what it is is, um, the uh, the preachers that mm. um take advantage of these situations, okay. like Justin Bieber's pastor. I don't know, he's some church Hillsong church or whatever. All of a sudden, uh, you have this pastor who comes out and is an advisor and and whatnot, and um. <laughs> I think that they're probably justifiably uh, suspicious of some of that. Um, you know, uh, and but, then there's a the sense that... But, but doesn't it, the idea that, well, his past lifestyle was so bad, how could he be... Isn't that the goal? Oh, well, yeah. Isn't all of our past lifestyles sucky? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So for anyone to use that argument is just ludicrous, I think. But I think, I mean... <laughs> Time will tell, of course. Oh, absolutely. But, and he's been saying all 
all the right things of somebody who's been radically changed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I'm cautious about it just because I think, um, it's, I don't know how it's going to be difficult. And I've seen a lot of people who have changed their lifestyle and then have gone back to it. Mm -hmm. Like Anne Rice, the author, uh, the uh, interview with a vampire, that author, she supposedly became a Christian and then she kind of turned her back towards it. So is that a, is that the proper approach to take with, with converts that, well, they might, they, they might, Backslide. They may fall no, no, back, no. and so no. we need to not go oh, no, no. arm's length because they might go back to what they used to do. No, 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 no. No, what? What? It I seems don't, like that. That's what the church is trying to do. What, whoa, whoa, arm's length. No, no. I I think the problem is so many times in the church they want some notable person that they can lift up and go, okay, hey, if Kanye became gotcha. a Christian, you should become one too. And then something bad happens, and then they okay. reject him, and it makes it look worse. I think that they should stop putting these people up on a pedestal. On a pedestal period, yeah. 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 Sure. Now, he, okay, so what about the idea that he is a, he's a, a I think, a big-time celebrity, yeah, I'd say so. Just, yeah, I mean, he's sure. just be, by the nature of his, what he does. Yep. And he's done forever. I mean, he's on TV, he's got, anyway. Um, isn't that the, wouldn't that be the best person For to what? have such a radical change, to have that kind of platform? Should we tell them, and not you, but like... Should it be the church's position to make these people who have a platform and get radically changed? Now you need to shut up. Stop doing what you used to do. Don't use that platform you've built forever to now talk about God because we don't know if you're really, really ready yet. But but someone like him, mm-hmm. I don't know how much credibility he has just because he, he's been so bipolar in the past sure. and done crazy things in the past. It's easy for people to well, look at it and red go... Hat. Well, now, but he also went up, you know, at the Grammys Uh and Mm -hmm. interrupted Taylor Swift and did this and Mm -hmm. that and and had, you know, said that he was God and whatnot. So, so I don't think that he's necessarily a good person for it, for churches or anybody to lift up. I mean, pray for him, support him, encourage him, Mm -hmm. but don't lift him up because if this is a bipolar moment, it's going to go away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the only thing is... Time will tell whether or not this is legitimate. I mean, I, I mean, if you were to ask me, and I was a going to bet on it, I would bet that he's a Christian. Um, so, but also now you're betting good. Well, yeah. I'm. What would Kanye do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and and I'm sure they'll they'll have wrists, uh, you know, uh, bracelets that say you know WWJ or KD, um, you know, soon. <laughs> But, um, I, I mean, I, that, that's the only thing I think people are justifiably, um, cautious regarding this. I don't appreciate 
I don't appreciate, especially the conservative ones who are slamming him or slamming um, other people that are associated with them. I think the ones that that um, are really critical to the pastors that come in behind and kind of want to be seen with him, it seems, I I think that's, I, I mean, you can, you can, honestly look at that and go well yeah i can i can understand why you would be you know a little irritated <clears throat> at some of these pastors and then all of a sudden they start showing up in different places at the grammys and whatnot you know because they're one of his advisors but in terms of kanye i hope it's all legit i bet it probably is but the pro- but the other problem too is that the minute you start putting him up on a pedestal and he does something bad, mm-hmm. um, like every human being does and every Christian does, then the world is going to come down hard on him. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a horrible way to live your life in the spotlight like, like that, with the adoration of so many people. I mean, that's, that's one of the things, um, uh, the reasons why uh, the criteria for being an elder was not to be a new convert Mm -hmm. lest you know uh um due to pride satan can take it and shipwreck your faith so what do you think i'm intrigued with well with the the all of it the the outrage the celebrity, the, the championing, because there's a lot of people that are, oh, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. And yeah. then people are, whoa, slow your roll, people. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've seen that people are having a problem with is these Sunday service events he's doing. It's like a concert he's, he takes around the country. Okay. But it's, they have a preacher and they have choir and it's kind of a modeled after a, a church service, but it's on the road. Uh-huh. Well, they can't call themselves a church because it's not a real church. They don't have elders and deacons and they don't have any oversight and they're not a real church. So they got to really be careful that they're not calling it a church. Uh-huh. Okay. But th- that's a big deal. It's almost like they don't It's like the church doesn't like it because he already had an audience. Mm-hmm. And he's using this his platform he already built mm-hmm. to now talk about this new faith he's got. Mm-hmm. Why should we shut someone down? Yeah. Now I, I don't. You know, I'm not going to say yes. He's he's theologically 100 percent sound. Yes. But should we shut him up because he's new and he's excited? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So I'm kind of frustrated with the whole the the church movement. You know, their hesitation, and some aren't. And I, I actually saw an interview with the guy who pastors the church that he first went to when he was starting to kind of come around to God. And it was kind of interesting because the guys asked him, or asked the pastor, what do you believe? Like, to really figure out what the pastor believed. And it was kind of a cool a cool thing. If you want to listen to it, it's, uh, I think Jeff Durbin interviewed the guy. Oh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, I don't know. I'm... And then the cynical part of me, the the other side of me, the dark goes, hmm. Antichrist? 
Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah. Like, I... I, uh... I personally very scared for the guy. Just because... Uh... Satan wants nothing more than to destroy people. Mm -hmm. And he's going to put people in his life who are going to try to lead him as far astray as he possibly could. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and, you know, he lived a certain way for however many years. You have all of that baggage, all of that habits, all all of that doesn't change just because you become a Christian. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Now, you know, it'd be lessened, but still, <clears throat> um, yeah. He's got a ranch in Cody, Wyoming now. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I think it's kind of wild. Yeah. But I, I, I do like kind of what he says about um, the way the Democrats have co-opted the, the black population. Mm-hmm. Because he really calls them out. Mm-hmm. Like, first you're telling me I got to vote for someone because I'm black. And now you tell me I can't support someone because I'm black. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they hate him because he, you know, he, he has to vote for Barry because he's black. Mm-hmm. But you can't support Trump because you're black and he's not black. Mm-hmm. How is that not racist? Just that in itself. Well, I mean, don't, I mean, don't you think that... Um the way they push things is inherently the Democratic Party isn't is inherently racist. Sure. <clears throat> so, but it's just like anything else. Uh, they they try to dominate the narrative and the mm-hmm. definition of terms and everything else to mm-hmm. try to um, shut people down. Yeah. So. I just think that. Uh, The, the the possibility, uh, and, and it's exciting to think the possibility that because of the platform this guy already has and his unabashed boldness to just vomit out where he's at. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he does. Yeah. yeah. And he's now, he's, he's so bold. I don't have the boldness he does in talking about this faith he has. And it kind of, it convicts me. That I don't have the same boldness that this crazy guy does to talk about his relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think of the possible impact that could have for good. Um, I hear ya. <laughs> but. But. <laughs> the majority of people that become Christians do it because of a relationship they have with somebody, not shouting at somebody's face, because, or just standing up. Like, I mean, they do have people that stand on street corners and preach. Um, very rarely. I mean, God obviously can and does use that, but that's not the norm on how people become Christians. So I don't that that's one that's one of those things. Like I used to go to a church that you had to go knock on doors once or twice a week. Mm. And um 
And if you did that, you get this feeling like, okay, their blood is off my hands now. I can continue on. You know, um, I did my thing and now I'm good. Mm -hmm. Um, God's not mad at me now Mm because I went out. And I I went out once with a pastor and there's a guy mowing the lawn. And he walked up to up to the guy who was in the middle of mowing his lawn and stood there until the guy turned off his lawnmower to try to witness him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now, I would say that that was a horrible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Horrible testimony. What is that guy going to think? Mm-hmm. He's going, you know, so you could say, well, he was being bold and he was preaching the gospel. Or you could say he just ticked somebody off who might not ever want to hear it ever again. So it seems like there's got to be a balance there. Mm -hmm. And it it depends upon the situation and the circumstances and whatnot. Yeah. So. So I don't know. It's just been an interesting view into the. The, the mindset of a lot of churchy people. Sure. Because the left just thinks he's a lunatic anyway. Yeah. And he's, he's a uh, Uncle yeah. Tom. What do they call those? Uh, yeah. Is it, it's another word that they, they use for insubordinate blacks. Uh, yeah, Uncle Tom, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Does he still support Trump? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Because the the Democrats have like abandoned, like they've they've told them to basically shut up, you know, be quiet, vote for us, and we'll take care of you. That doesn't work. Yeah. All right, George Soros. You know him? Yeah. Getting off of we the play other. poker every Tuesday really? night. Yeah. That's, that's really neat. Yeah. Uh, there's an article on the Guardian today. I think it's today. Today being the second of November. Um, this article was wait. out. Yeah, that's today. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it's not, you can edit it out, right? You can edit this part yeah, out. Yeah, I won't. Okay. <laughs> okay. Around three decades ago, George Soros was introduced to a brash property magnate over dinner. I have an interesting question right now. Yes. Why didn't he say 30 years? Why do they say three decades rather than 30 years? Because they're journalists and they know they're, what are they, is that a linguist? What's that called? When you know, when you're better at crafting words than other people. Oh. But, I mean, if he would have said over 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. would, would we have felt or thought differently? I think so. I think decades seems much longer. Oh, decades and decades. Oh, okay. Be, you know. All right. Okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. Sorry for interrupting. Start all over again. I apologize. <laughs> you can edit this out later. Around three decades ago, George Soros was introduced to a brash property magnate over dinner at a Donald Trump house in the Catskills, upstate New York. Donald Trump was about to launch a New York office block and he asked Soros to be his lead tenant. Soros was already a spectacularly successful financier, but told Trump he simply couldn't afford it. Quote, and that was just because I didn't like him, he tells me, smiling. 
this article written by a man that I don't know his name. Oh, so sorry, he, Sean Walker. So he lied. So he's a liar. <laughs> and, a, and a Nazi. <clears throat> it's not hard to see why Soros took such an instant dislike. Worldly, bookish, curious, and somewhat shy, he tends to find other businessmen boring. He's unimpressed by celebrity, preferring the company of intellectuals, Ugh. journalists, and anyone he feels knows more about a given subject than he does. Oh, um, wait, y- you hear that? That's my gag reflex going <laughs> into overdrive. As a hedge fund manager, he was more likely to spend his free time reading and writing philosophy texts than hanging out on the golf course. If you had to conjure up a personality that is the polar opposite of the current president of the United States, it would look a lot like Soros. We went on a sunny October morning in the office of his New York residence with, with views over the Central Park Reservoir. It could easily be the consulting room of an upmarket psychotherapist rather than the headquarters of one of the world's richest people. And as both its critique critics and supporters would argue one of the most influential. A few pieces of understated art decorate the cream-colored walls. There are bookshelves lined with non-fiction and an air purifier hums quietly in the background. Unlike Trump Tower, just a couple of miles away down Fifth Avenue, there are no gold elevators here. These days, the distance between Trump and Soros is about much more than personality and aesthetics. The president has become the most powerful among a global chorus of right-wing critics focused on Soros's philanthropic efforts, which fund a broad range of causes they dislike, from minority rights and protecting refugees to liberalizing drug policy and combating hate speech. Soros has long had enemies, largely authoritarian leaders who were wary of his efforts to promote and protect democracy. More recently... This has been amplified by the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that ooze from dark corners of the Internet. It is now rare for a week to go by without a populist politician painting Soros as a ruthless Bond villain with nefarious plans to reshape the planet. Last year, Trump suggested that Soros might be paying illegal migrants to come to the U.S. In Turkey, President Erdogan has called him a man who assigns people to divide nations and shatter them. In Italy, Matteo Salvini has claimed Soros wants the country, quote, to become a giant refugee camp because he likes slaves. Last month, Soros' financial support for the anti-Brexit Best for Britain group led by Jacob Rees-Mogg to call him the Romaner, or no, the Remoner in chief in Parliament. Nigel Farage has called him the biggest danger to the entire Western world. As a reporter based in Eastern Europe, I have had a a ringside seat to the political hostility Soros has faced over the years. I spent the decade in Russia where Vladimir Putin blamed him for organizing revolutions in neighboring countries. In 2015, his philanthropic foundations were banned from the country as a threat to state security. Last year, I moved to Budapest, the city of Soros' birth, where the far-right Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban had taken Soros baiting to a new level, erecting thousands of billboards featuring a cackling Soros warning Hungarians not to let him have the last laugh. And now I sit opposite a somewhat frail elderly man wearing a maroon cardigan and it feels like a Wizard of Oz moment. Is this really the power broker feared by the world nationalists? 
Soros turns 90 next year, and his face is creased with age, a distinctive banana-shaped fold of skin under each eye. He has lost much of his hearing, and visitors are given a microphone that connects directly to his hearing aid. He speaks hesitantly, often needing a few seconds to find the right word, and there's a hint of annoyance in his eyes during the pauses, as if the brain is irritated at the mouth for not articulating its thoughts fast enough. But appearances can be deceptive. Soros still maintains a busy work and travel schedule, splitting his weeks between Manhattan and upstate New York with his third wife, Tamiko. How old is she? And spending several months a year on the road. What sustains him, I ask, particularly given the recent intensity of the attacks of, of the attacks Dark magic. Face? Quote, It challenges me, and therefore it energizes me, he says with a smile in his still strong Hungarian accent. Young Skywalker. (laughs) When I look at the list of people on movements or countries who are attacking me, it makes me feel I must be doing something right. I'm proud of the enemies I have. (laughs) That's what he sounds like. Certainly his enemies make an impressive list of the world's least progressive politicians. But when Budapest, the city in which Soros lived during the Holocaust, is plastered with posters of him that seem to reprise 1930s tropes of the all-powerful laughing Jew. Doesn't that cross a line? Orban has been explicit in his opposition to Soros. Quote, I don't take it personally and I certainly don't let it become a personal conflict, he says matter-of-factly. The difference between us is not personal, but ideological. And we stand for opposite views of the world. It's... So, the, they, the, the they thing don't... that's fascinating, no one has put brought this guy up on any kind of trials. He has admitted to being one of the guys to put Jews on the train... During the Holocaust. How has this guy not been tried and and executed as a war criminal? He calls those days some of the best days of his life. And and what the other thing is, they don't they didn't deny any of these accusations either. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean this thing goes on and on and on. We could go in for days reading this, but Yeah, there is no denying it. No. But he's one of the biggest financiers of progressive, uh, progressive, right, right, left leaning yeah, around the world. Yeah, he makes or breaks entire countries based on his financial influence. It's crazy, and yep. this guy's just blowing smoke. Oh, such a good guy. Um, <clears throat> hey, uh. Did you hear about that one uh, medical examiner who looked at uh, Jeffrey Epstein's um, autopsy reports and said... Uh, he suicided himself. Stop it. He, with somebody else's hands around his throat. Of course, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. They were trying to keep him from killing himself, and he kept squeezing their hands around his... No, do it, do it. Um, I wonder, no, what, what I wonder the... how much support that guy got from not no not jeffrey epstein the other guy from soros <laughs> yeah from soros that would be interesting <laughs> well wasn't it trevor noah that just asked yes. Hillary how she got away with killing him yes and she laughed 
Well, so that's the best way to do it. Just speak truth. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's radical enough. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> Let's I mean, laugh at a guy right. who just died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I haven't laughed this hard since Benghazi. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, brother. So George is a... Uh, he, he, he claims that Brexit hurts both sides. And that his money was used to educate the British public. Oh. Mm-hmm. Educate yeah. them because they clearly are dumb. Yeah. Too stupid to know what's yeah. good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard a, a there's a young uh, liberal radio or podcast. So I don't know. I don't know his name. Don't know nothing. He was on Joe Rogan. I listened to that today a little bit. And he brought up a very interesting idea that in a presidential election alongside the president, there should be the top two or three issues in the country on the ballot as well. And then we vote for them. So you vote for, um, so let's say it's the war in Iraq that's on the ballot. You have the president, then you have the war, the the war or war around the world. And then you do what the people say. Well, Rogan's like, well, what about, people don't know all the, you know, all the ins and outs about this stuff. Well then, and what, then you would you would need somebody to enforce that. Well, that's what the government would do. You, you you'd be that would be the law, and then the law would have to then be followed. Rather so, than and I, I don't. So that's that's raw democracy. Correct. But this guy's a, a liberal. Yeah. Yeah. So so first of all, um, you'd have to change the constitution for that to work. Okay. So. Go through the motions to sure, change a constitution. Absolutely. And then once it's been changed, then we'll do it that way. But until then, <laughs> you know, talk about it. <clears throat> I I mean, <clears throat> for a democracy, every four years, you're voting on the policies of the president. Well, I, I think his point is the politicians in place are so corrupt and paid for that they don't care about the people. They care about their job of course. and the people that come into their office yep. with money. Yep. That's all they care about. True. And his idea, let's bypass that. And I, I don't hate that idea, like the, the concept of bypassing these corrupt politicians. Now, I think we should just remove them, kick them all out. But how do you bypass it? The only way to... You can't bypass it. No, you're right. Yeah, because we have... A, I, I know, we have some rules in place that makes that not really feasible. But I think we need to change that. I think we need term limits. I... I you mean like the presidential Correct. term limit? For everyone. Mm-hmm. Like and the may, max maybe nu- it's a number of years. Senator, you can be in there twice. Mm-hmm. That's 12 years. It's a long That's time. That's a long time. And then maybe you've got four years uh, in the House. Or or do eight. I mean, terms. Terms. Oh, so that would be oh, eight four, years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eight four, you, you can be reelected four times. Yeah. Or three times after your first. I thought we got eight years in there. And I theoretically, you, you go through your House thing, and then if it works out, you move up to the Senate. So you could be in there 20 years. Okay. I have a question. Not 30. 
a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is the issue the stupidity of the, or maybe not stupidity, but the lack of, of, um, uh, I don't know how you would put it. The lack of interest of the average citizen about politics. Because they keep voting in the same people. Who can we blame that on? It seems to me. Well, I mean, there's the a media, lot of th- right? well, there's can't, can't we? the media, the schools, and the, school and the yeah. rest of it. But outside of the media and the school, because of what we are told, that that crafts what most people think. But then, at but at this point, doesn't it seem reasonable that there's no way of changing? This is a the only way to change us would be a multi generational. Uh, event or a revolution, yes, or a civil war revolution, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I think, see, I don't think we we are, I don't think we need the civil war because if we're honest with everyone, I think that both the crazy libs and the 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 right, which there's some crazy, but they're way more crazy on the left. I think all of them would agree. That the is that like the the career politician model is not a good idea, but and so why can't we rally about that to remove everyone? But there's a lot of people on the left that would value the intellectuals, the Soroses of the world. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, I would think that the the left there there has hardly ever been a problem that the government can't fix true. in the mind of the true. left. This is true. But there are enough Republicans that are entrenched in their job that you would almost think they'd be okay. Yeah, we got to get those guys out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you could probably make a case for the majority. And I think you could make the case that maybe 15% of the of the voting public would might label themselves as uh, progressive left mm. and maybe 30% are left leaning. That's scientific, your numbers, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So, yeah. Um, I, I heard them from scientists, so <laughs> yeah, they're scientific. <clears throat> but you know, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, um, the majority of the left is aren't mm-hmm. the the progressive types that want to destroy the country and don't have any interest in having, you know, 30 different genders and all the rest of it. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, is there a valid, is there an argument that you have for not having term limits for keeping Tenure, allowing no. it to continue in, in well, politics. Well, I know, I know what what some people would say is that they know the system, they know mm-hmm. how the system works, and but they can use like, it best for their constituents. Speak for corruption, isn't it? Oh, of course, they know who to talk to. Yeah, no, I, I I'm, not, I'm saying that mm-hmm. that might be. Oh, the, that, that's what I've been told. Oh, well, we got to have continuity. We, yeah. we, you know, we can't. But how many career people are the the staffers? The guy that announces the president, mm-hmm. well, look, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States, that guy, 
He's been there for 30, 40 years. Well, and then all the bureaucrats the that yeah, are the totally. deep state yeah, people. Right. Yeah. So yeah. either, here we go, we either remove them. The bureaucrats? Or all the politicians. How about both? Okay. Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> peanut gallery, is there any reason we shouldn't do that? Mm-mm. The only thing is with the bureaucrats, well, but then you get into the whole... Um, do we need a Department of Education? Do we need a Department of this? Do we need a Department of that? Think of the jobs we'll lose if we shut these down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they're. So say. it'll it'll never change. And you have, you have, too many people are, you know, they're on life support based upon the system. I mean, it it can't change. Mm-hmm. But the question I have, and it just at least in my mind, I don't see any other way around how. Um, how things things have to come to a to a head. Mm-hmm. There has to um you you can you can um disregard reality up to a certain point, and then you can't disregard it anymore. Then reality becomes real, and there are consequences. So um, with the with the national debt at a certain point. When the inter- when when you're paying more to pay for the interest on the national debt, does that mean anything anymore? Well, at the a national cer- debt at at a certain point, it will have to mean something. Why? Because now I I know like uh, I get it, but what twenty four twenty seven trillion dollars right now? Twenty three. Tw- sorry, I think it went over twenty four. I saw. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Let, let's double check that. Regardless, um, right? D- does it matter anymore? Well, yes and no, but at a, at a certain point, it will have to matter. It's it's the same way. It's the same way with credit cards. No, stop it! Debt. I don't want that. There we go. If you can keep, if if you have a yeah, good job, if you have a good job with a good good credit score, you can keep getting um, increases on your credit cards. You can keep getting more credit cards. You can keep uh, borrowing stuff, um, but at a certain point. You hit a tipping, a yeah, tipping but, point. But everyone says when I've used that argument, well, we got to balance your budget. You got to live within your means. Everyone that's in government that I've ever talked to that says that says, "Oh, you can't compare the two. It's not the same." Well, one thing, you, you, your business and your family finances are not even remotely similar to what government finances are. So my thought is, okay, screw it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, keep printing money. Keep printing money. What what happens then? Well, it just means it gets less value. But who cares at that point? All I know is I'm going to have a stack of hundreds in my in my pocket, and that's going to be good, right? At a certain point, <laughs> psychologically, what'll happen is people will start looking at dollars as having less and less value, and the more they see dollars having less and less value, the less likely they're going to be spending it, the more likely they are going to spend or to save it, and the more likely they are to spend it. There is no answer, though. There can't be an answer when you're $23 trillion in the hole. No, no, what's the answer? The answer is a catastrophic event. That's the only answer to reset this. So just cut the arm off. Almost, and, but they they won't. It won't I know, happen. I can't. So so again, my my point. It doesn't matter. There this will debt be ceiling. This debt means nothing. There will be a black swan event that will happen. 
Okay. There, there will be. It's inevitable. There has to be a black swan event, which is something you didn't see coming mm-hmm. that will uh, create a domino set of effects that will uh, severely upend the financial system or the or society in general so why is it that when the democrats are in the white house everyone panics 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 on the right about find the debt when the republicans are in the white house everyone on the left panics and panics and panics about the debt well doesn't the, that just prove the that democrats just don't up, panic oh, about they, the debt well they mock the republicans yeah for being hypocrites well but they don't but they don't want to go into debt for anything they don't want to do. Yeah, but they're willing to get do Medicare for all. They're willing to do all that other stuff, which will increase the debt. So, I mean, it's they're being disingenuous if they're complaining about. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still don't understand why it matters. And I'm, I, I know intellectually why it matters. Yeah. But in practice... It doesn't. It, it can't. Well, I mean, it's, it's not going to matter. No. Un- until what? Until something happens. Until all happens. of a sudden, PG&E shuts down all the power um, because they have no no money to run. Well, that won't happen. What? <laughs> okay, so um, like in that's 2000- a reference to California, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you that are out of the loop, two thousand eight, there, there. I mean, we were twenty four hours away from the catastrophic, catastrophic event. That would have collapsed. So, okay, what, what would that so have meant? Much. What would that have meant, really? If, if the government hadn't jumped in and supposedly saved the world, this is what it would have meant. What would have happened? The banks would have instantly stopped lending all money to everybody. This happened in the this happened in the fall. All the farmers they need loans from the banks in order to get the crops out of the field mm-hmm. because they have to pay for fuel, they have to pay for tons of other things. They wouldn't have gotten it, so they wouldn't have been able to get the crops out of the field. If the crops didn't get out of the field, then people wouldn't have had. Uh, ultimately, that would have had knock-on effects in terms of food. Also, uh, the same farmers, without those, would have had to declare bankruptcy. So on top of that, is that the farm lobby in your back pocket? No, no, no. I'm just giving you. I'm giving you an example. I'm listening. Um, every single factory, uh, GM, Chevy, Ford factory would have been shut down. Um, there would have been so every so, foundry. So, uh, the foundry that I work at right now mm-hmm. uh, was in bankruptcy. They they almost completely shut down. Um, they would have been out. There would have been. Countless. So you're telling me that our industry cannot operate without debt. Yes. And the only way to have that is by a federally approved loan system. No. What they had to do to, um, because of the mortgage situation that happened Mm -hmm. and all of the derivatives that happened, um, the government had to step in, otherwise there would have been uh, an economic depression like like the Great Depression in the 30s. Mm-hmm. There, you know, unemployment would have been 30, 40, 50 percent. Um, there would have been bankruptcies across the board. You would have, nobody would be doing, but coming when, to you. when that happens. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side of it. We would have been in a far better place. 
Right. Yeah. So one... It would have been a lot of pain. It would have been lots of pain. A lot of pain. Yeah. But if the government didn't come in and try to do um, prop dictatorial up, prop things up, prop or... It up. Well, yeah, but if they would the execs, if they wouldn't have come in and tried to, um, you know, some a coup or something else happened, and that they would have done the right thing, on the other side of it, we would have been able to rise in a sense, rise from the ashes because the U.S. has so many, um, has so much going for it in terms of natural resources. But in it just terms fascinates me that this whole concept, and obviously. Th- it's either true or someone's just playing us that the whole system falls apart if three or four banks can't operate anymore. That blows my mind. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Hello, corruption. Yeah, total corruption. That That's my, my point is, this is my point about... That's crap. There's going to be a black swan event where the government can't or won't be willing to step in and do what needs to be done. Like if Trump was president at that time, would he have, or if there was somebody similar, if Rand Paul was president at that time, he might have said, no, we're not going to step in and prop up the banks and everything Mm -hmm. else. Um, Well, okay, then it would have been, it would have been horrible. So if, so should the Fed go away, Federal Reserve, well, the only way they go away is if something horrible happens and the people decide that they don't want it. But but people 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 believe the vast majority of the people support the Fed or support the government or are uneducated on it, so it's not going to change. Mm. Something bad's got to happen. There has to be a horrible war. There has to be an EMP. There has to be something horrible has to happen in order for it to change. And the change might be worse than it is now. Mm. And this is Niall uh, Howe. Anyways, he, I believe that was his name, or is his name. He wrote a book on the fourth turning, mm-hmm. and we're in the fourth turning now. And so some, something's got to happen. Mm. And what? who knows what that's going to look like? I mean, we don't, we don't know. Well, I just want to just open up everyone's eyes to the... Um, the people that run our house of representatives right now, mm-hmm. because the speaker of that place, yeah, yesterday, two days ago, praised, praised Katie Hill, Representative Katie Hill from oh. California, freshman, brand uh-huh. new, as a quote outstanding young public servant. Didn't she resign? What? Hey. Hey, moments, Alan, why'd she resign? Moments before she, she was scheduled to deliver her farewell speech to the House. She announced her resignation after the House Ethics Committee opened an investigation into allegations that she is involved in a sexual relationship with the legislative director of her congressional office. And why is that a bad thing? Pelosi didn't address that allegation which would be a violation of House rules and is the likely reason oh. Hill had to resign. Oh, okay. Uh, but Pelosi condemned the publication of lurid photos of her and her romantic relationship with a woman who worked on her successful 2018 congressional campaign. So she had a re- uh, so she had a lesbian relationship? Uh, she had a, th- a, a... What do they call that? <laughs> Did they call it a throuple? Or a 
polyamorous. She lived with her this girl and her boyfriend or husband, and they had a, uh, apparently an ongoing tryst. Well, their pictures showed up on the interweb of her in nothing, doing things that are not appropriate. Um, one picture, this is from the article, from the Washington Examiner today. One picture showed an unclothed hill brushing the female campaign staffer's hair. And it was accompanied by reporting that Hill, that Hill uh, Katie Hill, the woman, and Hill's husband were all involved in a romantic relationship. Hmm. It's shameful. This is Pelosi again. It's shameful that she's been exposed to public humiliation and to cyber exploitation. I cautioned everyone that they too may be subjected to that. I don't think so. You know how you make that not happen? You don't do the stuff. You don't take naked pictures of yourself. You don't have a three-way with the person that you're working for works for you. That's how this doesn't happen to you, Nancy. She said she warns her- It could happen her, to anybody. She warns it could her happen children, to anybody. Her grandchildren about online postings. Quote, some of these, I don't know what you would call them, appearances on social media can come back to haunt you if they're taken out of context. <laughs> out of context. So what's, how, how is this? Uh, oh. Oh. While party leaders in Congress generally force out members facing serious ethics trouble, Pelosi insisted on Thursday that Hill's resignation is her decision. Pelosi called Hill an absolutely outstanding young public servant, very smart, strategic, patriotic, loves our country, respected by her colleagues in Congress, and for the work that she does here. Huh. Yeah. How about that? It could happen to any of us. It could happen, and and really. But they this, took it out of context. This is the lady, number three. In line to be the president currently. Uh-huh. If the pres and the vice pres happen to not be available, she's it. Available for what? To run do the job. Oh. She's the guy. I mean, she's the girl <laughs> to do it. Uh, uh, and yet, she's praising this woman who is not doing good things. Well, this wouldn't happen if it was a man. See, now, to, let me... I'm going to make a statement. Oh, good. I'm glad. You tell me if you agree with it. She's she's in power right now as the Speaker of the House. Talk about Nancy, yes? Nancy. Not because of the... Uh, is she um, San Francisco mm-hmm. area? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's in power right now not because of uh, the people who have a deviant lifestyle in San Francisco. She's in power. The people most to blame are the average person who lives there who has children, well, has but, a job. But her district is catered to her though. I mean it is built around her. I, so she she unless she quits she's never going to get out. That like Diane Feinstein my, my, will never go away. My point is She's not there because there's a flaming homosexual who is voting for her. Mm. She's there for because there's an average family there who votes for her. Wait, you're talking about San Francisco? Yeah. <laughs> there aren't average families there. Yeah. 
So, uh, but you can yeah. make that yeah. across across the board. When um, when Trump got elected, I came to work, and one of the teachers where I was working at the time, mm-hmm. who I thought was relatively um, conservative, mm. um, this person said that they voted for Hillary. Um, and I don't know if it was because of the teachers union or, or whatnot, but it was a person who would not necessarily support a lot of the policies, but she still did it for self-interest because she was thinking of herself. Yeah. I've talked to another person who grew, I mean, her, her dad was, uh, Democrat. She was a farmer, grew up in a farm, and he was a racist guy. Um, but he voted. He voted for Obama. He he voted. He constantly voted Democrat, simply because of the farm lobby, because of um, the money they could get mm. from the government. So the majority of people don't vote for what is right. They vote for what they can get out of it. So this goes back to my premise that I've made for years. Once you allow people to vote themselves things, they always will. Yes, because mankind is inherently selfish Mm -hmm. and self-centered. All right. Speaking of selfish and self-centered, a Colorado... Uh Uh-oh. Business. Uh, this, let's see. Let me get get the article up here. This was published today, November 2nd, at noon, 34 p.m. Uh, a federal judge has affirmed a Colorado law that effectively bans business owners from freely expressing in public their religious beliefs about marriage and homosexuality. What? Colorado was the loser in a similar dispute, the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, in which the U.S. Supreme Court ruled the state showed, ruled the state showed hostility to the Christian beliefs of Jack Phillips and its handling of his refusal to make a cake for a same-sex wedding. Since then, openly homosexual Democratic Governor Jared Polis has pursued a gay rights agenda that includes allowing people to indicate their sex on driver's licenses according to their gender identity and banning counselors from helping young people who want to rid themselves of same-sex attractions. Now, Judge Marsha Krieger has upheld a Colorado law that barred web designer Lori Smith and her studio 303 Creative, quote, from publicly expressing the religious reasons that she declines to promote same-sex marriage. Smith, defended by the Alliance Defending Freedom... Um, filed the lawsuit against members of the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, Attorney General Cynthia Kaufman and Aubrey Elinas, Director of the Colorado Civil Rights Division. She sought preliminary and permanent injunctions to stop Colorado from enforcing provisions of a state civil rights law that prevents her from exclusively promoting traditional marriage by forcing her to also to create websites for same-sex marriages against her Christian beliefs. The ADF, which will appeal the decision to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, said Colorado's Anti-Discrimination Act, quote, gags creative professionals from talking about their beliefs when explaining their business decisions. 
Krieger's September 26 ruling conflicts with federal court decisions in Minnesota and Arizona. The judge insisted the state's Supreme Court documented, quote, hostility to Christianity wasn't of no account. Um, this website, the WND, uh, calls to Polis on Monday were met with nonstop ringing or a recording that said the office was unavailable. Quote, Americans shouldn't be forced by the government to create and publish websites that promote messages or causes that they disagree with. That is a quintessential freedom that the First Amendment protects. The court shouldn't have assumed Lori's decision not to create objectionable websites was illegal without any analysis of that question, especially when other courts have clearly upheld free speech rights in this context. <clears throat> so Colorado, they're starting down the road, and I, this will probably get overturned. Yeah. However, when you start these tiny increments of precedent, yep. it becomes easier and easier for the next judge to go, nope, you're right. Yeah, you're not allowed to hold an opinion. So my question is, if the government's going to start dictating what I'm allowed to say and what I cannot say, then I want them to start paying my bills. Okay. They're okay with uh, paying your bills. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> but in Kentucky... Uh-oh. Uh, this was from yesterday. Sounds like a... A Kentucky t-shirt, t-shirt printer has become the third business, Christian business owner, to defeat the demands of the LGBT activists that he violate his faith. Blaine Adamson of Hands On Originals in Lexington, Kentucky, declined to print shirts promoting a local pride event held by the Gay and Lesbian Services Organization. He did, however, refer the customer to another printer who was willing to print the message. Nevertheless, the LGBT activists were, weren't satisfied and filed a complaint with the Lexington Fayette Urban County Human Rights Commission claiming illegal discrimination. The state Supreme Court, however, has ruled unanimously that the GLSO did not have a legal right to sue him or his business. Um, Jim Campbell of the Alliance Defending Freedom, which defended Adamson, said the decision makes clear that this case never should have happened. The First Amendment protects Blaine's right to continue serving all people while declining to print messages that violate his faith. Justice David Buckingham recognized this in his concurring opinion, and no member of the court disagreed with that. <clears throat> so, we clearly have this weird... This I don't want this. The word is the word has left me. Dichotomy is that the right word? Yeah, maybe. Uh, between you got Colorado. Holy cow! You aren't allowed to give any reason. You can't say why you won't do this. And the other state saying, you can't force someone to write a message, say something that they don't want to say. So which is it? That's some. I mean. <clears throat> How can we have two? See, this is what I'm just fascinated with in our society. This is this um, cognitive dissonance. Yeah, almost. I mean, we yeah. we see totally opposite positions. I mean, not even close. These decisions are made. Yep, I see it this way, hundred percent. Nope, I see it hundred percent this way. Well, cognitive dissonance is when you have two opposing thoughts going on in your mind at the same time. Well, we can almost say that if we call the court the court. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I 
This is just to me. This is just uh, well, it, it's uh, abusive activity by the minority. Of course, and they have co-opted. They've uh, somehow they've gotten in these um, willing accomplices in the justice department, the judicial system, to and, actually and it, it's agree with them. I mean, at at the base of it, it's it's a belief in radical personal freedom mm-hmm. and an absolute hatred of God. Yes. So. It's true. Um, hey. Yeah. Before, before we go, I want to, um, I heard a, uh, the Russian, um, collusion. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, argument or accusation mm-hmm. that came up. Um, there was a uh, a journalist from the Wall Street Journal who uh, wrote a book about the, about uh, the whole FBI and what happened. Mm-hmm. And this is what she said happened: <clears throat> that when Trump um, got his nomination. Who's this lady again? Uh, let me find her name. Um, <laughs> Kimberly Strassel. Ah, she okay. wrote a book, Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters Are Breaking America. Anyways, she said what happened is that the FBI started a counterintelligence operation against the Trump campaign. As soon as he got the nomination. And as soon as he got the nomination, or maybe even before. Well, th- some of that's proof, because he claimed that Barry was wiretapping Trump Tower. Yep. Oh, no, the craziness. Turns out they were. Yep. So they wanted Hillary to win. And when they started doing this, they were certain that Hillary mm-hmm. was going to win. When Trump won, panic ensued, mm-hmm. because they knew... That Trump would investigate it, and they would, and um, it would come to light that they were doing a counterintelligence operation against somebody running for the presidency of the United States for one of the uh, the opposing candidates. So what they did is they concocted this idea that they were uh, that they believed that there was a Russian. Uh, collusion angle, and that is why they were doing this operation against Trump. It wasn't to try to um, to try to cause him to lose the election. It was um, because they knew they'd go to jail or whatever. <clears throat> I had never heard of that before. I always assumed that it was Clinton. You know, uh, sour grapes. I can't. How could I lose? And so she brought up this whole idea about Russian collusion. But it was actually, according to this lady, it was the FBI doing it. Comey and, and other people. Behest, though? Uh the FBI. Well, I mean, you know, maybe uh Hillary or the Democratic, the DNC or you know Who was attorney general then? Um when for uh, at, at Obama the end, at the end of Barry's term. Who was the AG? Loretta Lynch. Was she? Oh yeah. Oh, that's why. Oh yeah, because that old her, her and Clinton got a little cozy on the airplane during the her and Bill. 
Yeah, but yeah, I thought right. I thought Lynch on, on the was was um was racist. You said that earlier. Um, if you say it like that, it is yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. If you right. use that as a weapon against black people, okay. Oh wait. <laughs> uh, see, that makes way more sense to me than anything else. Yeah. And had you ever heard that? Well, that what that the the FBI yeah was trying to get dirt on Trump. Yep. I don't think I've heard it straight up that way. Yeah. But the DNC wanted it. Yeah. And so I don't know why they wouldn't be able to co-opt the the FBI because half of them are in the same yeah club. Um, on a on another track, I also heard somebody say that um, the impeachment. Uh, that who who's a conservative hopes that the impeachment actually happens because at this level at the house Trump can't um, challenge his accusers but if it goes to the Senate mm. then he can subpoena people to come and mm-hmm. and he can subpoena texts he can subpoena you know uh, emails he can subpoena uh, Clinton, all the rest of Comey, all the rest of them. And since the Republicans are, you know, have the majority, they will uh, be able to get to the bottom of a lot of stuff and a lot of dirt will come out that will make the the left look bad. And he won't get impeached. So, is Shifty Schiff and... Oh, what's do nothing, Nancy? What does he call Nancy? Nervous, Nancy. nervous Nancy. Um, are they and who? What about Nadler? What's he? I don't remember. I don't know. Does, Nadler's just a dummy. Um, he's but not around. Shifty anymore. Schiff. Are they so like blind with rage that they don't see that that's a possibility? What do you think? Now, what do you think about? Do you think that they're doing this and they're 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 having this narrative no. constantly, but they're not going to impeach him because they know that that'll happen. But they want to keep this in the background so that when the uh, uh, election season comes, they can constantly refer back and to people uh, in people's minds. They wanted to generate in people's minds this idea that he should have been impeached. Well, He's corrupt, th- all that, that sort of thing. That is absolutely Dvorak's position. That this was never, ever intended to actually go to anything other than what you just said. This is just for the election, and it's only, we got to keep it in front of people because, oh, this guy's a bad guy. He's a criminal. I mean, Schiff said to Cuomo yesterday, I think, oh, he, this is a president who thinks he's above the law. How do, first off, you know what someone thinks, and you know what someone's, what, what's in their head. That's the dumbest thing to say in the world, but he'll, yeah, he thinks he's above the law and he, there's no consequences for him. Did he tell you that? How do you know that dummy? Yeah. So we have this whole idea that this has to stay in front of the people. You're right. Because when it comes to voting, because who was it? Old green. What's his name? Al green. The singer. Well, no, no. The old, the old, the guy who's been trying to impeach him for him and Maxine have been oh. the impeachment Kings. In Queens? Uh, Does she identify as a queen? Ah, That's a good question. Okay. Uh, uh, Well, 
we got to impeach him because otherwise he's going to get reelected. If we don't impeach him, he's going to get reelected. That's what Al Green said. <laughs> Hello, does that, does that not say this is straight up political? It's got nothing to do with law at yeah. all. Nothing. It's just it's just a political hatchet job, a lynching. And and that's the other thing. That's the other thing that is so curious to me, is that these morons don't remember what happened with the filibuster <laughs> in the Senate. And when mm-hmm. Re got rid of the filibuster, yeah. that was the tool that they might have been able to use totally. to stop Kavanaugh. Yeah. But because because they they went down that, so you're you're telling me that in the future, if you uh, you're not going to have Republicans are going to try to impeach every president mm-hmm. ever, you know, uh, just yeah. Anyways. I'm spent. And there, yes, yes. Wow. Huh? That's gone. That's unfortunate. Oh, where did that go? What's that? <laughs> no, I, I, sorry, my, this can't be right. <laughs> I, I think I know it. I know, I just don't know where it's, Hello? Um, it ain't that one. Is it this one? Nope. Holy cow. Nope. Ah, See, something happened to my jingle machine. And I lost. I lost it. Drat. Because that would have been great. I'm sorry. I totally failed on that one. My bad. Won't happen again. This is the David Allen Show. I think that's going to wrap it up for this show. Yep. DavidAllenShow.com. Use this gospel for protection. It's a hard road to heaven. Chick fil A! Your blessings in the Father. We put our faith. Kingdom, the kingdom, our demons are trembling. Holy angels defending. In the Father, we put our faith. How could he not be the greatest? In my bed under covers when undercovers had raided My presence is happy belated Fashionably late, I'm just glad that you made it The best is yet to come, I'm just glad that you waited They all said it real till it's time to appraise it I seen them come and go, you only the latest But who am I to judge, I'm crooked as Vegas Use this gospel for protection It's a hard road to heaven we call on your blessings in the Father. We put our faith. Kingdom, the kingdom, our demons are trembling. Holy angels defending in the Father. We put our faith. A lot of damaged souls, I done damaged those. And then my arrogance took a camera pose. 
with a trunk of Barry Manilow's. They sing a different tune when the slammer close. From the concrete grew a rose. They give you rape talk, I give you faith talk. Blindfolded on this road, watch me faith walk. Just hold on to your brother when his faith lost. Well, Kenny G for you. <laughs> a trunk full of Barry Manilow. <laughs> I think it's great. They got he got Kenny G on this rig. This is actually Kenny G. It, you didn't do this? No, this is the end of the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, why not get the best saxophonist in the world? I thought he played the clarinet. <laughs> it's a tenor sax, I think it's straight. Oh. That's Kanye, everyone. Kanye West, <laughs> the new non god. <laughs> yeah. That's called Use This Gospel with a little Kenny G in the act. <laughs> in the word. Kind of cracked me up. Anyway. This is the David Allen Show. One last thing as we go. This is not a daycare. It's a university. Everett Piper, who is the president of the school, uh, wrote a letter. The school, hold on. It's uh, Which school? Well, let's get there. Just real quick. Um, oh, brother. It's right here. Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Um, and I this, this is just not quite right. Nope. I'm sorry, my my whole my whole machine's broken. <laughs> Nothing makes thought, sense. Man, anymore. this is smooth. <laughs> so smooth right here. Why am I closing stuff? What do we close with? It's called Chase, but I don't remember the... <laughs> I, d- I don't... I can't remember. Ah. Fine, we'll go a little rock and roll. Hold on. Start this over so I can get back into it. The president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, Everett Piper, wrote this in response to some students. This is not a daycare, it's a university. This past week, I actually had a student come forward after a university chapel service and complain because he felt, quote, victimized by a sermon on the topic of 1 Corinthians 13. It appears this young scholar felt offended because a homily on love made him feel bad for not showing love. In his mind, the speaker was wrong for making him and his peers feel uncomfortable. 
I'm not making this up. Our culture has actually taught our kids to be this self-absorbed and narcissistic. Anytime their feelings are hurt, they are the victims. Anyone who dares challenge them and thus makes them feel bad about themselves is a hater, a bigot, an oppressor, and a victimizer. I have a message for this young man and all others who care to listen. That feeling of discomfort you have after listening to a sermon is called a conscience. An altar call is supposed to make you feel bad. It is supposed to make you feel guilty. The goal of many a good sermon is to get you to confess your sins, not coddle you in your selfishness. The primary objective of the church and the Christian faith is your confession, not your self-actualization. So here's my advice. If you want the chaplain to tell you you're a victim rather than tell you you need virtue, this may not be the university you're looking for. If you want to complain about a sermon that makes you feel less than loving for not showing love, this might be the wrong place. If you're more interested in playing the hater card than you are in confessing your own hate, if you want to arrogantly lecture rather than humbly learn, if you don't want to feel guilty in your soul when you're guilty of sin, if you want to be enabled rather than confronted, there are many universities across the land in Missouri and elsewhere that will give you exactly what you want, but Oklahoma Wesleyan isn't one of them. At OKWU, we teach you to be selfless rather than self-centered. We are more interested in your practicing personal forgiveness than political revenge. We want you to model interpersonal reconciliation rather than foment personal conflict. We believe the content of your character is more important than the color of your skin. We don't believe that you've been victimized every time you feel guilty and we don't issue trigger warnings before altar calls. Oklahoma Wesleyan is not a safe place but rather a place to learn. To learn that life isn't about you, but about others. That the bad feelings you have while listening to a sermon is called guilt. That, that, that's the way to address it. No, that the way to address it is to repent of everything that's wrong with you rather than blame others for everything that's wrong with them. This is a place where you will quickly learn that you need to grow up. This is not a daycare, it's a university. Preach it! Shadow, my sweet shadow. This from Inflames. This is the David Allen Show. Thanks for listening to this round. <laughs> we'll see you uh, again the next time. Toodles. Any last words? Toodles. DavidAllenShow.com.